Cause we got the alternative energy Molecular free autonomy And welcome to the Radioactive Show Produced at the studios of 3CR Melbourne And heard nationally on the Community Radio Network Hello and welcome to the Radioactive Show I'm Michaela and today we'll be hearing from Auntie June Mills, Larrakia Elder, speaking about the community campaign against gas fracking proposed for the Beedaloo Basin in the Northern Territory. The project, led by Origin Energy, which holds the gas exploration permits over most of the area, would see around 500 gas wells in the Beedaloo Basin, 400 kilometres south of Darwin, where an enormous shale gas resource has been named as one of five strategic gas basins that the federal government wants to help fund as part of its COVID-19 gas-led recovery. Alongside the serious threats to land, water and culture posed by this project, the Australia Institute studies recently revealed that the initial predictions of greenhouse gas emissions from the project were vastly underestimated and that the emissions from just one field in the Beetaloo Basin would cause up to 117 million tonnes of carbon dioxide equivalent, larger than all offset credits ever issued by the Australian government. In the second half of the show, we'll hear from Jack Batolis, Research Coordinator at Market Forces, speaking about the tax breaks afforded to the resource extraction industry and recent disclosures of fossil fuel company donations to major political parties. First up, Auntie June Mills from an online forum, Protecting Country from Gas and Fracking in So-Called Australia. That was part of the Beyond Mining counter-conference organised by Blockade IMARC on Friday 27th of November 2020. Lovely to talk with all you people all around the country and um, certainly thank you for allowing me to speak on country um, when we're talking across many um, like sovereign borders and we as sovereign people always seek permission to speak and country. So thank you for that. Um, I would like to honour our elders past, present and future. Um, so I'm Julie Mills in Latakia country, up where you'd call Darwin. My roots go right across the territory. Um, four different grandparents, Kungarakan, Jawan, Gurindji, uh, Mangarai um, and Kungarakan. So... I do have permission to speak and I I do have authority and custodianship and law. We are law carriers and, you know, we, our law, our words, like uncle was saying there up in um, WA there, that should be uh, not, it should be a given. It shouldn't be questioned. It should be accepted as our people have for, for the, from the beginning of time, from day one, have listened to the elders and followed the laws because we knew that these laws were for our safety, our protection, and the protection of the future and sustainability and all that. And it was a given. Now we're faced with this uh, situation on this continent where it's not a given. We have to fight just like every other person. Like That's why uncle's being called a protester. You know, they're dumbing him down to a protest. Well, no, he's a boss man. He's a lawman. His every uh, word that comes out of him has to be taken as serious, serious business and acted on, right? 
dumbing him down to the level of protest, which I'm dumbed down to probably as a protest, but hey, I'm a law woman. I carry the law and the law is for the future and for their future generations. Now, we're talking about unfinished business in this land. This is our land. This is our land. Sovereignty never ceded, like you said at the beginning. Sovereignty never ceded. These people are all illegally occupying our lands, our sacred lands, all illegally raping and pillaging and getting as much as they can. Right? It's obscene. Now, they can go on as much as they like about the, uh, the economic benefit. Well, there's no economic benefits. It's all a lie. It's a continuation of genocide, right? Now, all these fracking things, we need to counteract everything that they say. And they'll say, oh, there's economic development, there's jobs, there's economic growth, there's all these things. But for everything that they say, we can match it with, yes, it's land acquisition, yes, it's, uh, they're talking about the two-kilometre law um, where people can't, there's controlling movements. It's um, poisoning the waters, which we've been putting up with for 230 years. It's an old trick. Well, it's just going next level now, right, <clears throat> on a mass scale like it's never been done. Um, so it's poisoning the waters, stealing the future from our children, um, destroying the environment. Now, this, all this stuff, what they're doing is irreversible. Now, that should be sending off warning bells in everybody's head that lives in this country, not just us blackfellas. It should be every person that's living on this continent. Now, um, there's warning bells. Australia has to wake up. They have to see what these criminally insane people are doing, pretending to be a government, pretending they're criminally insane thugs that are running the country, benefiting themselves, running ramshot over everybody, not only the blackfellas in this country, every person that lives on the country. They're hoodwinking all these people that they're bringing in from overseas to outnumber us. We're only, what, half a percent of the population. We need help and we need, <coughs> we need Australia to wake up. Now, the best thing that's happened for me um, in the near, uh, well, not future, at this present time, because we've had to, anything that we've ever achieved um, over the years since colonisation, they call it colonisation, has been achieved through bloody hard slog, blood, sweat and tears, hitting the streets, people power, and that's going to keep on going. So now I'm saying, well, we need um, more, more, more. We need a global, actually, we don't need just Australian people. We need, we need this industry shut down globally. It's no good for anybody. Now, let's, going into the future, oh, I'm in for a hell of a time, not only me, I'm just saying to myself, next year, 2021, they're ramping it up big time, right? Now, it's not good enough. It's not good enough because, you know, we're protesting. Oh, we're out there with our little fun things and we're protesting and we're having our say. No, that is not good enough because guess what? They're not listening and... Um, it has to go to next level. I don't know what next level is, but let's talk about this. Um, <clears throat> I'm looking, I'm leaning heavily towards people power, hitting the streets, um, civil disobedience, maybe not so civil disobedience. That is what I'm putting my hopes on because I tell you what, these, I haven't got the word for them yet. Um, I can, I'll call them clowns at one point, but they're not funny at all, are they? Clowns are funny. So, 
we've got to take it to we're going to i'm going for um, i'm putting my hopes on uncivil disobedience disobedience disruption um stopping them in their tracks and i'm talking global this is a filthy disgusting irreversible obscenity that they're putting on the the people of the on the planet all of us humans all the animals how dare they they need to be shut down we need to look at what what are all these fracking cells back in texas all these big talking bloody cowboys coming over here with their ideas about raping and pillaging here well hey let's look at the trail of destruction that you left back over there in america let's go and check out these um gas pipes that you've already put in um and i believe this gas pipe can go up to 4 kilometers into our beautiful mother earth and pumping disgusting chemicals into her that we know nothing about they will not divulge what the chemicals are and they're pumping these in um and it's going in, there's no it's no way out the only way out is going seeping through to the um waterways which all of our people now, how much they all game are talking about um money they're going to be making how much are we going to put on a glass of water in the future a clean glass of water which you probably won't be able to get how much is that glass of water worth <clears throat> seriously and i'm i'm looking at um water security water cleanliness air cleanliness um and environment cleanliness the way it's all always been when these invaders came to this country this country was pristine immaculate in beautiful um control and and care and sustainability and they just fast destroying it they don't give a damn and it's not really about money you know what really you think that they want to make men but you know what it's all about destruction it's still the old um things about genocide they still want us all gone they still want us and they're dressing it up as fracking they they're stealing land uh, controlling people poisoning water and um bringing in draconian measures to make to back up their systems um now we had a little talk a couple of two weeks ago with um i think it was a narrabri ladies and we had a young gentleman online from um borrelia his name fitch uh nicholas fitzgerald from seedmob now he brought up a lovely little point which i didn't think of and he talked about um getting more <clears throat> indigenous scientists but you know what I think we can all become indigenous in scientists. We need to start testing the water now and then and keep we have to learn empower ourselves to learn how to monitor water and keep on doing it. Um let's have water monitoring workshops. Let's have um air monitoring workshop. Let's all become scientists and start the process. Of course we want to sh- shut them down. We want to stop them in their tracks. We don't want this to happen. However, along the journey we need to document all this stuff um but i would say <clears throat> i would say um just one of the loveliest things in my lifetime you know growing up um uh, well i'm 62 now 63 we never had a car we never had a phone we never had um all these things television blah 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 and now guess what we're in for the biggest fight of our lives for all of us i'm talking for the planet um and yet we've got social media wow wow i that gives me a lightness to this tired old person social media um internet things we didn't ever think the internet came in maybe in the 90s or something 
it gives lightness and it gives hope and optimism to me. And because I, I pin my hopes on our peoples getting, like Uncle said, up there in the pill, up in the WA, of us getting together and working together and helping each other and supporting each other. And that's that's the only hope for us. And I see social media playing the biggest thing. And so I thank you, fellas, for setting this up. This is, you know, just a start. It's wonderful. Thank you for having a presence there um, down there. I would like to say in, in, I think I'm running out of time, but, you know, Origin is there in Melbourne. Please go there, um, protest. Have you, if you can, please. It's a bit, bit of a task for me to get to Melbourne. Um, but you, you've got them there. You can go and knock on their door and, and maybe have a little sit in there or something. But um, thank you so much for the opportunity. I look forward to maybe more. And um, thank you to all you fellow um, <laughs> protesters. We're all dumbed down to protest. We're actually law people. We, we are the ones that should be listened to. We're the ones that everyone should be acting on our, hanging off our, every word that comes out of our mouth because, hey, we're not going to be here forever, you know, and people need to listen to us because we are the ones that have the secrets to survival into the future. And there's no survival where fracking's concerned. We're going to be all fracked. Love yous. Solidarity. You're listening to The Radioactive Show, produced in the studios of 3CR in Nam, Melbourne, and broadcast nationally thanks to the Community Radio Network. We just heard from Auntie June Mel's Larrakia Elder, and thanks so much to Annie June for sharing those powerful words. And hopefully people will be inspired uh, to take action and to support the actions that are happening across the country. One great way to do that is joining the actions led by SEED Environmental Network. And they've been having some city-based actions at Origin Energy's offices around the country and you can have a look at their work by going to seedmob.org.au. Next up, we'll look at the financing of these projects and we'll hear from Jack Batolis from Market Forces. The interview is conducted by Priya and Shahrazad and first aired on 3CR's Thursday Breakfast Show on the 11th of February. We're about to go to an interview with Jack Bertolis, who is the research coordinator at Market Forces, who's joining us to speak about tax breaks afforded to the resource extraction industry and recent disclosures of fossil fuel company donations to major political parties. So, Jack, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Um, so before we sort of jump into um, some of those heavier topics, uh, could you tell us a little bit about Market Forces? Uh, what does Market Forces do? Absolutely. So Market Forces is an environment NGO, and we believe that financial institutions should use our money to protect rather than damage the environment. So we enact that by exposing those institutions financing fossil fuel companies and projects wrecking our climate, and by enabling people to shift that money away from fossil fuels and towards clean and sustainable alternatives. So Basically, if you're a bank customer or a member of a super fund or you have a policy with an insurance company, you have a say in what that money is used for. And if you're unhappy that those institutions are investing in fossil fuels and you want to see that change, um, you can come and check out our website and, and make that happen. And similarly, if you own shares in a company, um, you, you know you have a say in, in how that company operates. And if that company is involved in the fossil fuel industry or financially supports the fossil fuel industry, we can help to hold them accountable. 
Um, and that's that's part of our shareholder action work. And again, we have links on our website where you can find out more. Um, and we're, we're also part of the Stop Adani Alliance. So we're constantly providing opportunities for our supporters to call on the likes of banks and insurance companies and, and other companies as well to rule out funding for the climate wrecking Carmichael coal mine uh, in Queensland. So, so far, for example, we've convinced 25 global insurers to publicly rule out insuring any part of the uh, Adani Carmichael project. So we're involved across a lot of work and, and listeners can get involved over at marketforces.org.au. Great. Thank you so much for that overview. Uh, and data analysed by Market Forces has shown that the government gave $12 billion in tax breaks to the fossil fuel industry last financial year. So what impacts is this having on the Australian economy? It's having really significant impacts. It means we're entrenching the polluting industries of the past instead of taking advantage of, of the huge opportunities presented by the transition to, you know, to a clean zero emissions economy. And just to put that figure into perspective... Just $7.7 billion went to renewable energy in Australia in 2020. So putting that in the context of $12 billion, it's, uh, it's just staggering how much uh, in tax breaks are actually given to the fossil fuel industry. And given that, you know, about a quarter of our electricity now comes from renewable energy, just imagine what we could do if we could actually spend another $12 billion on renewable energy every year. It would make a really significant difference. The other point to make there is, of course, that tax breaks are only one uh, one type of subsidy that's actually provided to the fossil fuel industry. It doesn't account for a lot of other types of subsidies, including direct contributions and handouts to the fossil fuel industry, public finance to the fossil fuel industry uh, as well. So, for example, we've got this, uh, this idea from the federal government of a gas-fired recovery. And last year, we saw um, the Prime Minister, for example, early in the year announced $960 million in federal funding, uh, quite a lot of which was aimed at massively boosting gas supply. We had uh, over $50 million um, aimed at, at boosting gas supply and, and transportation in September. Um, we saw $203 million earmarked for construction of new diesel fuel storage. So that $12 billion figure is really just the tip of the iceberg. And I think our politicians really need to wake up and, and realise just how much opportunity uh, there is in the transition to, to a net zero economy because the world, the economies of the world in 10 or 20 years' time are going to be demanding green steel and green manufacturing. And you need renewable energy to power that. And here in Australia, we have some of the cheapest, most abundant renewable energy in the world. I'll give you just one example of a clean clean energy opportunity. So in 2019, the CEO of the federal government's Renewable Energy Agency said that if Australia were to export green hydrogen at a scale that could replace our gas export industry, the LNG industry, we would need up to 700% renewable energy. So in other words, in addition to generating all of Australia's electricity needs from renewable energy we could generate five to six times more than that for export. Uh, and just on, on the flip side, our politicians also need to realise how much risk is involved in continuing to invest in fossil fuels. Um, you know, just last, um, just last month, uh, one of the world's largest automakers, General Motors, 
pledge to stop making petrol cars, utes and vans by 2035, uh, and, and is instead actually going to invest heavily in electric vehicles. So, you know, you don't reach net zero by subsidising polluting fossil fuels. It's really just holding us back. Mm. And you spoke a lot there about, uh, I guess, politicians um, and the fossil fuel. And we know that the fossil fuel companies also donate heavily to major political parties. So I guess uh, what you, you kind of mentioned some of the consequences, but what specific, what other consequences has this resulted in? Yeah, so they, they do donate really heavily. And for the benefit of your listeners, uh, in the 2020 financial year, we saw $1.35 million uh, donated by fossil fuel companies to Australia's major political parties. Uh, that's actually just the tip of the iceberg, though. I mean, it's quite important, I think, to understand this. So our political donation system is, is shrouded in secrecy and um, tens of millions of dollars each year are actually donated from completely unknown sources. Um, there's actually one estimate that was released last week by the Centre for Public Integrity, which um, found that 35% of political contributions amounting to about a billion dollars came from unknown sources in the two decades uh, since 1999. So that's um, a huge amount of money where, where we just we just don't know where it came from. It's, uh, mm-hmm. it's called dark, dark money. Um, Look, there's a general theory about political donations, which is companies don't make them for free. Um, They're expecting something in return. Uh, A report from the Australia Institute uh, in 2017 found that donations from mining companies, including fossil fuel companies, correlate with the election cycle, they correlate with timelines on project approvals and debates on key uh, industry policies. So just, just as an example of that, we found that uh, in the latest political donations figures that Woodside Energy, which is Australia's largest gas producer, donated $335,000 to Australia's major parties in the 2020 financial year. So those donations were actually made in the same financial year that one of its key gas pipelines was approved, um, which formed part of its massive borough pub gas projects in Western Australia. Uh, there was also... I'll I'll just give another example. There was a a telling moment at a coal and gas company, Origin Energy's 2017 annual shareholder meeting where its its CEO, Gordon Cairns, was asked why the company paid more to attend political uh, functions than its peers. And he told shareholders that Origin had been able to shape the government's thinking on energy policy, and that was, quote, money well spent. Um, So, you know, what, what the what the fossil fuel companies get in return for the donation. Um, you know, why is, why is the federal government pursuing a, a so-called gas-fired recovery? I think listeners can, can make up their own mind on that point. Yeah, it's just, it, it's sort of um, staggering how much, how much money is actually donated to, to the, the major parties and, and how that actually correlates to, you know, as, as was found, um, you know, the approvals process. Mm. Um, and yeah, it's uh, it's quite, it's really quite concerning. Mm. Um, and how can listeners push for more transparency around political donations and what what other market forces campaigns can listeners get involved in? So people actually often feel a bit disempowered, but there there is a lot you can do. Um, the the market forces uh, political donations webpage we we actually link off to a number of inquiries and reports into the donation system. Uh, and, and listeners can find out more about it at marketforces.org.au forward slash political donations. 
those those resources make a number of recommendations for exactly how the system needs to change. So the types of recommendations that are made are there needs to be caps on the amount that people and companies can donate to political parties, you know, caps on the amount that political parties can spend, better disclosure of political donations, and that disclosure, that better disclosure includes things like um, lowering the threshold for disclosure. So at the moment, if you donate less than about $14,000 to a political party, you there is no requirement for disclosure. So you could just make... Um, a number of uh, small donations to political parties and have that fly completely under the radar. Um, the uh, and other other uh, techniques for better disclosure include uh, real time disclosure, and uh, which we see in other jurisdictions. It's, it's sort of wild that uh, this concept that in Australia you can make a donation to a political party and only have that disclosed after eighteen months. Um, you know, it's it, yeah, it, it's woefully inadequate. So, I would recommend that you know listeners check out those resources, check out those recommendations, and get in, get in touch with your local federal member and ask what they're actually doing to enact those mm. you know those recommendations and those necessary changes to the political donations system. Okay, thank you. So, how can people get in touch? Yeah, absolutely. So um, people can people can get in touch by by going to the site as uh, all the campaigns that I that I mentioned. So you know our, our banks campaign, our insurance campaign, the superannuation campaign, um, Stop Adani. All of that um, is you know all, there's a, a bunch of information on our website about all of those campaigns. So listeners can check out marketforces.org.au. I'd also really recommend that, that listeners sign up to the mailing list because there are constantly opportunities to take action to shift money away from fossil fuels and we're, we're constantly providing opportunities to our supporters to do that. So, um, yeah, really worthwhile. Great. Thank you so much, Jack, for joining us. Pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you. And that was Jack Bertolis, who is a research coordinator at Market Forces, who spoke about tax breaks afforded to resource extraction industry and the recent disclosures of fossil fuel company donations to major political parties. That brings us to the end of today's Radioactive show. I hope that you enjoyed the interviews and are inspired to take action and please share this program widely. You can find us on iTunes or subscribe on any podcast app and of course you can listen back at the 3CR website. Our webpage is 3cr.org.au forward slash radioactive. The Radioactive Show was produced on the unceded lands of the Kulin Nation in Fitzroy, Victoria, and is broadcast around the country thanks to the Community Radio Network. Thanks so much to Auntie June Mills, Jack Patolis, Blockade IMARC, and the Thursday Breakfast team for sharing the content that we heard on the show today. And this program is supported by the ACE Nuclear Free Collective at Friends of the Earth Melbourne, Thanks for tuning in and join us again next week for more news and views on nuclear peace and energy issues.
You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.